Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. 205 on DGS. Of course, it's DGS without Dave, Rachel, and Andrew. So it's kind of only quarter DGS, but we'll be all together again next Tuesday, starting off 2024 on January 2nd. Looking forward to getting the group back together. Uh, but if, if you're missing at least some of us, I mean, you're not going to hear Dave till Tuesday, but you can hear Rach and Andrew jump in at 3 o'clock today. I'm going to have a few segments with them. We'll talk about some year-end stuff and things along those lines. Uh, normal presence on the DGS. Dave Murray is going to join us here at 2.30, so a little early today. Um, we'll have Matt Pauley later on, and right now we welcome in Chet Pleven, who also regular on DGS. And, Chet, we always appreciate your time. Thanks so much. And uh, in advance, Happy New Year, sir. How you doing? I'm good, and Happy New Year to you too, Kevin. Boy, it is, it's shaping up to be a year, isn't it, Chet? I mean, we, we've had you on a lot this year to talk about all the various legal things involving uh, Donald Trump, presidential candidate going into 2024. And boy, it ramped up here in the last couple of weeks, including with, you know, we talked already, I think all of us have talked about uh, together the Colorado ruling, but now we have uh, a Michigan ruling and a Maine ruling. And those two on the opposite ends of the spectrum, he gets to stay on the ballot in Michigan not in Maine. Where is all of this headed in the new year? Well, you know, I think 90% of my time that I spent with you guys have, has been talking about Donald Trump. <laughs> so I, I, I thought maybe we'd do a little recap yeah. of where the these historical events involving the, his legal issues have taken us in 2023 and where we're going to go with them in 2024. So, so you recall that the, the federal election um, uh, intervention, intervention involves four felony counts. The Georgia election interference involves 13 felony counts. The classified documents case in, in uh, Florida involves uh, 40 felony counts. The New York hush money case involves 34 counts, to, uh, totaling 91 counts that are currently historically pending against this former president. In addition to that, in 2023, we had the New York fraud case, which is continuing on, where the court has already found that he committed fraud uh, and now is making the determination as to what the level of damages will be, which could range in the millions in addition to barring him from doing business in New York. And then you have, in the civil side, the E. Jean Carroll case, in which in May, 
He was found uh, guilty by a jury of defamation and sexual assault. Uh, the jury awarded $5 million, and now you have another defamation case because he went out and we went out after that verdict and said some things were again defamatory. And so that is pending in 2023, which will go into 2024. On the, on the pending legal questions, the one that you just mentioned was the Colorado decision, which said that he can't be on the ballot. Uh, Michigan which said that he can be on the ballot, but that was a procedural question. Okay. The, the ruling there was simply that the Secretary of State said that, that she had no authority to remove him from the primary ballot. Um, the general election ballot is a whole different issue. So that may come up again in Michigan. And now, just recently, yesterday, Maine, and that again was the Secretary of State, decided to remove him from the ballot. That, again, will be subject to uh, judicial determination. I'm sure that they'll appeal it to the courts to the courts in Maine. And all of this, all of this on this issue of whether he can be on the ballot or not be on the ballot, uh, these are state issues. This, each state makes a determination of who can and can't be on their ballot. And so that's why clearly the United States Supreme Court is going to have to take up this issue. And the issue of whether he's on the ballot or he's not on the ballot centers around the 14th Amendment to the Constitution uh, and specifically Section 3 of that, which which basically says that if you commit an act of insurrection, um, you are or rebellion, you are disqualified from holding any office, including but not limited to the office of president. In other words, the, there is a, a whole uh, qualification that's required to hold the office of president. Um, that is, you have to be 35 years of, uh, of age mm -hmm. or older. You have to be a naturalized citizen and you can't be an insurrectionist. Um, and so the question is whether or not this applies to Trump under the circumstances of January 6th. Uh, so the Supreme Court of the United States is going to have to uh, take that up. Uh, incidentally, on the 14th Amendment, uh, the Congress, by reason of a two-thirds vote of each House, uh, can remove that disqualification of insurrection. Obviously, they haven't removed it. So onward to the Supreme Court. The question is when they'll take it up. Uh, you know, and when I look at that, uh, it, 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 the Section 3 doesn't talk about anything about running. What it talks about is holding office. Okay. So, so it may very well be that the Supreme Court may say, well, wait a minute, he can run. But if he's elected, um, then the question then really becomes whether or not the 14th Amendment Section 3 kicks in or, or whether it doesn't. And, and on the 14th Amendment, and, and this, is, this is a conversation for another day, there is a, a whole history of how the 14th Amendment came into being and why it came into being. And it's related to the Bill of Rights and it's related to the, the federal government not having any authority over the states, et cetera. But we can talk about that some other day. And, and that, that is kind of fascinating in where we're going, particularly as it relates to abortion and it relates to, to other rights that are derived through the courts from the 14th Amendment that may or may not continue to exist 
in 2024 and, and beyond. And then in addition to the question of whether or not he's disqualified from being on state ballots, the other issue is one of presidential immunity. And, and he is seeking now to dismiss the uh, criminal charges that I've outlined um, on the basis of presidential immunity, that he's immune from criminal prosecution. Uh, Judge Chutkin in the insurrection case in D.C. has already ruled that the president is not immune, that he's not above the law. Um, And you'll recall just recently the court went ahead and um, at least the government went ahead to try to ask the Supreme Court to go ahead and take this up uh, outside of the regular course of events uh, so as not to disrupt trial settings in, on March 4th for the insurrection case and May 20th for the documents case. And yeah, as you know, the Supreme Court opted not, not to do that. So, so now the question becomes whether or not they will take it up. The D.C. Court, um, um, court of Appeals has scheduled argument for that case on January 9th. But the problem with that is that if they rule, um, as Judge Chutkin did, and affirm Judge Chutkin, then he still has the right to pursue a petition to ask the United States Supreme Court to go ahead and hear the case. And if they don't expedite that, um, that's a couple of months that he has to to, um, actually file that. Um, Then you're going to blow the March 4th trial setting, which, by the way, uh, she scheduled the jury to be uh, selected starting on February the 9th. So all of that we don't know what, what's going to happen um, as it as it pertains to all of us, whether or not you're uh, favorable or unfavorable to Donald Trump. You know, there's a lot of issues that that will impact this country generally, not the least of which is whatever that decision is as far as presidential immunity is, is concerned. So the, the question clearly, as Judge Shutkin uh, decided, is the president of the United States immune from criminal prosecution? And, and frankly, God help us. God help us if he is or any president yeah. for that matter. I mean, wouldn't so, that, Chet, wouldn't that? And again, it's just a, I'm just throwing this out there because in 2024, until we get to. Well, actually, the, the new president won't be seated until January 2025. So in 2024, the president will be Joe Biden. If you find that a president can't be prosecuted for crimes, wouldn't that just be, okay, do whatever you want for a year because you get out of jail free? Whatever you want. And, and, and here's the other question, too, that's going to impact all of this. So let, let's say that the courts decide that, the, that Trump is not immune from uh, criminal prosecution. And let's assume that he's not taken off the ballot. And let's assume that he becomes the next president of the United States. Well, all these cases, because uh, his, he is now engaging in an effort to delay as much as he possibly can uh, all of these pending trials that he's got, four of them. So if he becomes president of the United States and he has not, whether or not he's been convicted on the two federal cases, you've got two federal cases right. and you have two state cases, if he whether or not he's been convicted of the of the two federal cases, he can pardon himself. If he's convicted, if he's not convicted, he can dismiss Jack Smith. He can order the Justice Department not to continue 
with that prosecution. As far as the two state cases are concerned, and clearly the, the one in Georgia is not, is not going to be tried before the election. So if he is, is not tried on the two state cases before the election, then the question becomes whether or not you can criminally prosecute a sitting president or, or whether or not you would have to wait mm. until after he finishes his four years. I suspect that the courts will be sympathetic to an argument from the president of the United States that he should not be prosecuted because it would severely impact the the uh, country and, and his ability to rule mm-hmm. as the president of the United States. So now you kick that case down the road four years. Imagine what that's going to do to the witnesses, to recollection. Um, all, all that sort of thing. So pretty much, um, un- unless you have an airtight case from the very beginning, four years is going to really pour, pour cold water huh. on your case if you've got to try this guy at, at the end of four years. So there's a lot that, that not as I said, whether or not you're in favor of Donald Trump or you're not in favor of Donald Trump, there's a whole lot um, riding on this guy riding on on these history-making events Mm -hmm. that's going to impact um, us, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever it might be, on the future uh, of this country. And then then there's the whole other issue of whether or not Donald Trump, if he loses the presidential election, let's say he stays on the ballot, he loses the presidential election, whether or not he does what what he tried to do on January 6th. And, And he'll never, in my opinion, this guy will never say that he lost fair and square. And, and so don't know where that's going to take us in 2024 either. It, so, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a lot. And, and I'm most uh, fascinated. Yeah. Chet. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm most fascinated by the idea of generating these, these precedents, right? I mean, uh, I, I got to make sure I enunciate that clearly because precedents, presidents all in the same conversation. But I think that, and we'll close on this. This is more of an opinion that I want, Chet, than actual analysis. But are these things that maybe we should have considered at some point in the last 150 years as far as the powers of the presidency? One of my great complaints for now 20, 25 years, and it's been through Republican and Democratic presidents alike, is that we've kind of allowed more presidential power to accrue over time. And I do think it's time that we claw that back and regain, you know, give more power back to the legislative side of things. Um, and I know none of it's perfect, but the whole point of our country at the foundation was the balance. And it feels like a lot of these precedents could be used by any future president, regardless of political affiliation, to essentially run wild. Yes, and we did consider that. We considered that, not we, but back in, in you know, 1776 uh, at the time of the Constitution, that's why the Bill of Rights came into being, um, because the, the Congress at that point in time, our framers, were concerned that there was going to be too much power um, centralized in a president. Remember, we just, we just came from from um, uh, from London, right, and where there was a king, and we didn't like the king. The king had too much power, and so that's how the Bill of Rights came into being. Well, the Bill of Rights only applied to the federal government; it didn't apply to the states. 
So the states were free to run kind of wild with whatever they wanted to do under, under whatever circumstances, because the Bill of Rights pertain only to federal powers and authorities. And so that's how the, the 14th Amendment came into being. And, and that basis, that 14th Amendment came into being and later served as the basis for a lot of Roe versus Wade, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. And and that was was during a period of of, of liberal thinking with respect to the United States Supreme Court. And that is now what is being challenged. And that's what what the reason that that Roe was overruled, because this this current court wants to to pour as much water on the 14th Amendment as they possibly can. But again, that's a whole other conversation about <laughs> the history of the 14th Amendment and why we are where we are with respect to some of these current decisions and where we're going to be if this court, this current court, has its way. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. And, and now we're asking them to determine um, uh, what the meaning of the 14th Amendment, mm -hmm. just kind of like we asked them to determine the meaning of the 14th Amendment as it, re it related to Roe versus Wade and abortion. And that didn't fare very well. Well, so, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And I know we'll be talking about it with you in 2024. Chet, that was a hell of a summary. Thank you so much. We always appreciate you. I know I do in, in specifically. Dave does as well. We will definitely talk soon with all of this going on. And happy New Year to you. Happy Kevin. New Year to you, too, Chet. Thanks so much. That's Chet Fleeman. We've got Dave Murray coming up after the bottom of the hour with some weather. Obviously, DGS on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We need a cleanser after all that legal stuff. <laughs> it's just too, it's too much, man. 
And it's not stopping. It's only going to ramp up in 2024 when you combine it with the presidential election and all the, I mean, obviously election year is about more than just that office, but that one is the one that's going to get all of the attention, the headlines, the, the coverage. So uh, it's not going away anytime soon. And we'll be here talking about it on KMOX covering it for you uh, right down the middle as much as we can. Uh, Separate from that, um, and we'll talk some sports with Matt Pauley later on. He's going to join me in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll do kind of a year in review on the Cardinals, on City, on the Blues. Mizzou's got their bowl game tonight. Really looking forward to that. Actually, you know, I'm not saying they're definitely going to win, but I think they got a pretty good chance. I mean, I know the, the line is only three and a half, so Vegas is saying there's a good chance. It's not like I'm going out on a really thin branch there. But they have a little bit extra on the side of this means more to them. Ohio state would be in the camp of, yep, they, they didn't make the playoff and they'd be a little disappointed. Now, sometimes that disappointment can turn into frustration that you take out on your opponent. That is very much about whatever the particular characteristics of that team are. And we don't know it until we see it. Some teams that have that disappointment, they just mail it in, in the bowl game and don't care. So we'll see but I think we know Mizzou has a point to try to make and they will care. Um, and I think Ohio State probably will, you know, a little chip to prove that they're not just nobodies because they're not. But I'll tell you this. If you flipped them, if you put Mizzou in the Big Ten and gave them Ohio State schedule and you put Ohio State in the SEC and gave them Mizzou schedules, I bet they each have the same record the other does. I'd be happy to say that if Mizzou was in the Big Ten and played that schedule, the only team they would have lost to is Michigan. And I think if you put Ohio State in the SEC and you put them up against Mizzou's schedule, I'm pretty convinced they would have lost to Georgia and probably LSU as well. And, of course, the three-and-a-half-point betting line certainly shows. And, by, you know, Mizzou was favored earlier in the week in part because we didn't know if the big guys for Ohio State, Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Obuka, like we didn't know they were going to play. I don't think it's been determined it's been determined finally yet which ones of them and I'm sure Ohio State is keeping that to themselves for competitive reasons so that Mizzou doesn't know. Um but if those guys play certainly uh it'll it'll be a big help for Ohio State. And and of course in the bowl season we'll get into this a little bit hopefully with Matt Pauley as well. There's been a lot of conversation about players opting out of bowl games in recent years for the draft or because they're just going into the transfer portal and a lot of complaints about that. I don't like that these guys are opting out. If they're getting money, they should have to pay it back. And I'm like, and I'm thinking about all of these things and saying, well, you know, maybe we should just accept that the old way was not good. The new way is still not good, but it's getting better. And it is better that these young players have a little more control over their futures, as opposed to all of that control being held by coaches who make selfish decisions of their own all the time. is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.
235, coming up on 235 anyway here on KMOX DGS on a Friday. No Dave, no Rach, no Andrew, although Rachel and Andrew will join me in about a half an hour. Uh, three o'clock hour, we'll have the three of us just kicking things around to wrap up the end of the year. Dave Murray is joining us early. Thank you, Dave, by the way, for being yeah, flexible. We welcome. appreciate it. How are you? No, I'm, I'm a flexible kind of guy. That's good. That's good. I know you, you probably just kind of sit back and pick and choose what you want to do and when you want to do it. You're exactly right. This just <laughs> means I get to walk the dogs a little earlier. Awesome. Well, I know they appreciate that. My dogs are always well, happy when they they're, go early. They're slugged out here. They're oh, like, yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't it a little early, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine are bugging me early, whether it's walks or, or uh, like wanting to eat. My, uh, my, my, my dog, R2, is, he always wants to go early, man. Like, you know, we normally feed them around 5 o'clock at night, and yeah. 4.30, he's already bugging us. 4.30, he's, yeah, he's up yeah. in someone's face like, hey, 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 let's go. Well, it's interesting. These two, they know the schedule, and they're pretty good with it, but they'll know that when I close the computer up when I'm done here, <laughs> it's time to go. Uh, then they'll wake up. Then that's it's good. Like, okay, now we can go. <laughs> it is amazing. They're the best, too. Dogs are the best. Yep. All right, so let's do a couple things with this, Dave. Obviously, just update us on what we're looking at today and, and through the holiday weekend, and then we're going to build from there. Okay. Yeah. Our system is done. I mean, it wasn't much of a system, was never supposed to be much of a system for all the variety of reasons we've laid out here over the last week. But lots of clouds around this evening. Evening temperatures will be in the 30s. The slow clearing really towards morning, it gets down to 28. Then it's all dry, kind of cold over the, the holiday weekend, but it's a dry weekend. Saturday, partly sunny, 45 Saturday afternoon. That will be the warmest day of the weekend. Saturday night, partly cloudy and 30. A dry cold front coming through Saturday night. So the northwest flow gets reinforced on Sunday. Sunday's a mix of clouds and sunshine. Kind of a cold day, but the winds aren't anything weird. 38 for the high on Sunday. New Year's Eve, cloudy skies for all the evening plans. Think temperatures for the most part in the 30s, but they'll be dropping through the 30s. And 25 for the overnight low. Monday, New Year's Day, sunny and cold light winds and 38 degrees still thinking that january we start to see a flip into a solid winter weather pattern not only for us but for much of the nation so when when does it typically turn like cold cold i know we we cold talked earlier was it like last yeah last week i know i asked you like what's normal for this month and you said basically where we are now um it, it when does it start to get to like okay it's it's more in the 30s than than not than anything else. I think, you know, every year is a little bit different. I mean, this past December was very mild for St. Louis, uh, you know, not much going on weather-wise action anyway. You know, I, I if, if we don't have some consistent cold by the middle of January, then we're in pretty good shape. But again, I think this winter will be a tail end winter. So January, February, even into March, I think are going to be more winter than anything else. So end of year day, we're doing a lot of this on various things, sports later on with Matt Pauley, news earlier with Michael Calhoun. How, how would you describe what the weather was in, in this area this year? I think overall, pretty quiet. We had, you know, we obviously had our storm systems. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that jumps out to me is the drought that we developed. We kind of eased the spring was kind of wet, but then we got into the drought in the summertime, had a little bit of a break, but it's come roaring back during the fall season. And, and so far this winter season, I think the drought and the river levels are probably the biggest story of 2023. 
Yeah, that's in, that, that's fascinating. I mean, I drive over bridge, the bridges and the rivers every every day on the way to and from work. And well, I'm glad you're e- doing that. I'm e- glad you're driving over them. Yeah, yeah, not in them. That's bad. Uh, although some of them, it feels like I could drive through some spaces. Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah, uh, it, notable. But again, as I think I mentioned this yesterday, is that you know that there is a it's a two edged sword. Is the low rivers will mean it will be harder to flood in the springtime. Right. So that's good. That's yeah, good. Really good point. Dave, what's what's going on in California with these waves? Uh, it's just kind of a, a typical uh, storm system. There's a couple uh-huh. of them out in the Pacific, and, and the waves are, are being driven by these things. The, the biggest waves are, are kind of where they're supposed to be this time of year in northern California along the Pacific Northwest coast. And there's been some 35-foot waves uh, at times. Southern California seeing 6 to 10, 6 to 12-foot waves. It's pounding surf. It's quite fascinating to watch. Yeah. People, are getting, people are getting caught by surprise. That they made a, there's some video out there of a wave kind of crashing over a seawall and and pushing people, yeah. you know, floating people in cars, and the, they're calling it the rogue wave. It's not a rogue wave. A rogue wave is all by itself. It oh, creates okay. problems. This is a series of sets from the west that that are timed out very very well. They come in about every 18 seconds or so. Okay, and uh, and it's just if you're not paying attention, and this is true of any ocean anywhere. You don't turn your back on waves. <laughs> you just don't. And, and people go, oh, well, let, especially in social media, let's go get pictures of, and we'll be in the wave. Don't be stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I've been fascinated by some of the video, I mean, uh, of people like, it, it looks like, I know it's not, so I'm not exaggerating what it is, but it looks like some of the video you saw from Thailand with the tsunamis. Like it's like the ocean washing down the street. How common right. is this? Well, you know, in the winter time, it, you know, we're we're in this uh, El Nino tra- kind of transitioning out of it already. You get these big ocean storms in an El Nino year, uh, so it's you know how common is it? Yeah, if you you should be getting something like this once every two years or so. That that would be kind of normal. It's it's very different from a tsunami. A tsunami is a lifting of the water right and it just it's like all of a sudden the water level can go up oh 10 20 feet even more and that rising of the ocean can go on it can go across the pacific it can go across the atlantic it just depends on where the earthquake happened this is different these are storm you know low pressure generated Uh and and they're certainly a set but you don't want to be in the water you know even expert swimmers are having some trouble with this oh yeah and the surfers surfers love it but the surfers are crazy so so they are out they are out i'm sure it's like it's like you know this i know this doesn't happen for them very often but if you're getting 20 foot waves i'm sure they're going to jump on them absolutely yeah yeah no, and there, and you can predict. You can predict the sets. There, there's no question about it, and that's what makes a, a good surfer a good surfer. That is, that's fascinating stuff, and the video has been amazing. All right, um, a question for you, Dave. And this is again, I, you may not have an answer. If you don't, that's fine. No worries. But I was talking earlier about all these things that we learned scientifically in 2023. You know, from the James Webb Telescope. Um, you know, f- physicists teleporting quantum energy in a lab, the fusion breakthrough that we had recently, like, a lot of really cool science stuff. What have been the biggest breakthroughs in weather science recently? And what have there been any in the last few years? Well, you know, the, you know, satellite obviously was huge okay, in the yeah. 60s. Yeah. Uh, radar was, was huge as we got through the 70s and into the 80s. Those were, were two big, big things. Modern day 
Uh, you know, you're kind of watching the computer models. There's, yeah. there's so many of them. Uh, we're still really struggling with that. It, it is a, uh, but it's, you know, garbage define, in, define garbage unity, out. you mean like define a unit, like a, something that people can agree on. Is that what you mean? No, it's more or less, you know, why aren't they working oh, better all okay. the time? Okay. And they don't work. They don't work all the time. So sometimes the physics is tweaked and it goes bad. Oh. Sometimes the data going in is bad. It, uh, you know, it could be a bad measurement here and there, and that throws everything off. And, and so computer, I've always said this, computer models need to be used delicately and with a lot of care. They're not, they're just not the end all. And that's mm -hmm. part of the problem with AI, with weather forecasting. AI is taking the output of all these computer models and generating a forecast. Well, if you're using some computer models that are garbage, uh -huh. guess what's going to happen? You're yeah. going to get a garbage forecast. And we've seen that many times already in the last couple of months. If you were advising people that were trying to create AI that could better forecast weather, what kind of advice would you like? What, what Based on your experience, what should they be inputting to get better results? Because you're I mean, it, you make a great point that. Um, it actually takes me back to college football, right? Remember the BCS when they had this formula and had all oh, these yeah, different yeah. things going there? Well, some of the way the equations were worse than others. Some of them were less sensible than others, and it kind of ruined it. It sounds like that's what you're describing here with exactly. weather. What, what should they be looking to input, do you think, that would help? I'm not sure of that. It's tough, because huh? the, the the computer model, the people who who generate these things, uh, most of the time it's a governmental type office. You know they're they're tweaking these things all the time. Yeah, and and if you don't know when they've made a tweak, it can really send you down the road wrong. <laughs> uh, it, and and sometimes they don't tell you, hey, you know what? We tweak the physics on this one, and uh, because all of a sudden you'll be looking at stuff. And I I only use computer models after I've made a forecast. Okay, and, and not the other way around because a model is not a forecast. But you all of a sudden you'll say, what's wrong with this thing? Why all of a sudden <laughs> can you not rely on it at all? And then there's a, a tweaking process. They realize fairly quickly, uh, you know what? That didn't work. I don't want to go back backwards and start all over again, but you want to tweak and go forward. And, and that sometimes happens with the computer models. It's interesting because obviously there's, it, it's not an exact science. And, and a lot of sciences aren't, which I think is also exactly. something that people right. – tend to not pay attention to. And that's kind of why I focused earlier, Dave, when I was doing this segment about things we learned in 2023. I mean, we know a lot about science and we have a really strong idea about the basics and the fundamentals of how things work. But we're learning things about the fabric of space time every year. We're learning oh, about yeah. gravity every year. We're learning like this. I mean, just in the world of like biology, we, we found 5,000 new marine species Mm -hmm. In just one place, in the Clipperton Fracture Zone, like in this one new area that we actually got access to. And we found hundreds of other species on land this year that we had never observed before. It's exactly. just amazing. Yeah, and there are thousands and thousands of that, especially in the oceans. Yeah. You know, when you think about how we've explored space, which, yeah, we've done a pretty good job at it, though it's still minimal. We haven't explored the oceans at all. I mean, just a little bit here, a little bit there. There's a lot of secrets down there that we need to know. I think and that's also important for the computer models. No, that's we a good point. We need to know stuff. We need to know stuff. About how. Not make uh, up stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. About, uh, just about how the, or we're learning things still about how the earth functions. Right. right? 
you know, yeah. about how what's yeah. happening underground actually works. That's part of where oh, you yeah. get some of these. I mean, you know, you you know this better than me, but that's where you get the tsunamis and volcanic activity and all that. And we learn from each one of those things. Exactly. And, and you know, it's like earth, you know, earthquakes always come. You know, people always say to me, you know, when are we going to be able to predict an earthquake like the weather? And I think that's decades off, but we're working on it. We're trying yeah. to get a little better at it. And that's just like weather. Weather when, you know, it was like during World War II, we discovered, hey, there's a jet stream up there. <laughs> we never knew it was there. <laughs> that explains a lot. It's it, That is a good – so you think in, let's call it 20 years, we'll have kind of an idea of – when earthquakes are likely, because obviously it'll be, you know, you know how it is when you predict a storm, it may or may not happen based on things right. that can change in real time. But but we can get into that type of window where maybe it's not like this day, this hour, but hey, this range, watch out. Yeah, I think I think we'll be headed in the right direction anyway. Even today, we can kind of give a three or four second notice right that an right. earthquake is going to happen and i know people are saying well and that just has to do with the shock waves right coming off from the the initial quake but you know three or four seconds if you realize what's going on you could get to a safe location uh very quickly if you're if you're prone to to the saying hey you know what i think there's an earthquake coming because i just got an alert uh and you can do some st some stuff with that now are there a lot of problems with it absolutely are there going to be a lot of crying wolf yes yeah, there are yeah. uh, you know again just like weather back in the 50s and the 60s there was a lot of stuff that just didn't work out the way people thought it would fascinating stuff dave we appreciate you happy new year thanks for everything you do for us all the time i feel like i learned something on a regular basis from you and i appreciate that thanks so much well that makes me feel good happy new year everybody take care dave murray we appreciate you that Bye -bye. is uh I, I, I'm just, I, I'm always, I, I'm not into the specifics like Dave is of weather per se, but advancements in all of these fields always fascinate me, regardless of whether it's biology, astronomy, like I'm too dumb to know what's really happening, but I do like finding out that it's happening. Still kind of cool, right? Up 2023 here on DGS. Got another couple of hours to go. Uh, Rachel and Andrew will join me for the next hour. Well, most of it anyway. We'll do a few segments together just kind of talking about the year, things that we did, things we talked about. It's, it's, we just kick back and have fun is basically what that's going to be. Uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, Matt Pauly is going to join me. We'll talk about some of the biggest stories in sports in 2023 with the with the local focus initially at least but we'll talk about the cardinals um obviously the inaugural season for city which was a massive success i know the playoff <laughs> didn't go any the way anybody wanted it to but if you had flashback to the day that st louis was awarded the franchise and you were told in the regular season they're going to finish first in the division and then they're going to be in the playoffs, obviously, by being first. You and, and they'll lose in the first round. You'd be like, whatever. I'll take that as a first year. It was a hell of a first year for City. Uh, obviously, Blues, a lot of interesting stuff. 2023, very, very weird and mixed year for the Blues. You know, no playoffs last year. It's the year that the first coach that led them to a Stanley Cup 
gets fired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, f- four years is all it takes in the NHL before all of the luster is off of a championship. Um, but we'll talk about that. Mizzou's got their bowl game tonight, so that'll all be stuff that we visit with about, about with. Ugh, let me start over. That's all stuff we'll talk about with Matt Pauley in the 4 o'clock hour. Sometimes I just need to start over. You get caught up in the word salad, and you're like, and then you just fix it. Just got to fix it. Um, interesting, so, you know, like when we were talking uh, with Dave there, I, I, I was, you know, when I when I said I learned something from him all the time, I really mean it. I'm not trying to just, like, kiss Dave's Mur- Dave Murray's butt. There's no reason to do that. He's a friend of the show. We've known him for a long time. Uh, but, you know, when, when, I see, when you see things, and this kind of goes back, this is a little bit of a callback to the very beginning of the show today. When I talked about 2024, I'm going to call 2024 the year of cross-checking. You need to cross-check and verify everything you see because of the way things are happening, right? AI is able to fake things. People are able to fake things. People changed facts for their own purposes. They intentionally deceive because people are incentivized to create anger because anger creates engagement on social media and so and and engagement is how you make money and gain clout. So what you what, what I'm advising and what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to verify everything. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to verify everything unless it's blatantly obvious or that it's a very clearly trusted source. Like someone that has to put out the reality. And that's kind of like and and what jarred that call back to me in the conversation with Dave Murray was the stuff about the waves in California. People are looking at that and there's like, Oh my God, this is crazy. What is this happening? This is, this is unprecedented, but it's not. And then there are people that will put the videos out there on the various social media platforms and they'll use really misleading headlines to get you to click on it. Because again, engagement is everything. We are very much in a clickbait world. And if you live it online at all, you're going to be susceptible to it because you, we can blame social media all we want, but CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and all of them, they're, they're just as guilty of it on their websites. They're all trying to clickbait you. So again, my New Year's resolution, one I would advise all of you to participate in, is just do a little background checking on things you see. If something seems a little too perfect or a little too imperfect maybe do a minute or two of searching around the web finding some really good sources that can back up okay this is actually what's happening this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.